Welcome to an episode of No Politics, Just Music. The aim of this show is to talk about albums, bands, and music more generally. I hope you enjoy expletives and foul language. So today I have my friend Hugo on, and uh, we're going to talk about two albums, uh, Zipper Down by Eagles of Death Metal, which I sent to Hugo, and he sent me Blood, Sex, Sugar, Magic. Uh, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, by Sugar Sex Magic, James. I do always get it confused, and I do always spell it with a C rather than a K as well. Um, ah. Yeah. Rookie mistakes, aren't they? Yeah. Well, you're forgiven. So, um, do you want to start just explaining with why you sent me that album? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. When you asked me to pick an album, I thought, well, there are so many albums that I like to listen to, but this one... Uh, it's just for me kind of nostalgic, not because it came out when I was young, because it came out before I was born, but uh, I always listened to the Red Hot Chili Peppers when I was younger. I started listening to By The Way, because my, my dad bought the album, I think, and then he uh, uh, he gave me like a, <laughs> uh, well, how do you say that in English? That He put his CD, like a blank CD in the computer, and he put the songs on there. Yep, and that's yeah. that. Yeah, so it's not he gave. No, uh, not really. But so he he gave me uh, the By the Way album. I listened to it on my uh, my little stereo set, and then I don't know. I got a bit more into the Red Hot Chili Peppers when I was about thirteen or fourteen, and that's when I started listening to Mother's Milk and Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and yeah, especially that album was always. I really liked that one, so. I like the yeah, I like the sound of that album. So I thought oh, I'd just pick this album for you to listen to. Okay, yeah, because it's arguably Red Hot Chili Peppers' best album. Um, yeah, I agree. And I I was going back through listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I sort of decided there was only two really good albums. Um, yeah, which was Blood Sex, Magic Sugar. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> Magic Sugar Blood Sex Blood Sugar Sex Magic. By the end of it, you won't know which order it is. Um, in Californication, I think they're the two yeah. best albums. But a lot of people don't listen to the stuff before. No. Blood Sex. True. Blood. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I yeah. I feel like um, because after that album, John Frusciante, the guitarist, left the band, mm-hmm. and then there was another album called um, One Hot Minute. Yeah, one hot minute, yeah, and with Dave Navarro, I think, um, and that was uh, was just a really different sound, and maybe people, yeah, maybe maybe their momentum kind of slipped away. But then Californication was really great when John Frusciante returned. Um, but I guess they they just their sound kind of turned into something more, I guess, more melodic, more catered to the masses. I don't know. I think for me, like John Frusciante is just a massive part of their sound because he's on By the Way and Stadium Arcadium as well. Yeah. Which, uh, if you first listen to By the Way, even though I'm older than you for some reason, I listened to Stadium Arcadium with my first Red Hot Chili Peppers album, uh, which I really enjoy. Um, but it, for me, it's still not as good as Californication or No. Blood Sex Sugar Magic. But the other albums, like Mother's Milk, what's the one before that? The Uplift Mofo Party Plan? Yeah. Um, but but that one was without him. Yeah, yeah. So was he on Mother's Milk? Yeah, that's his first one with okay. the Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
Because he was also a lot younger than uh, the rest of the band, right? Yeah, I think uh, at the time he was 17 or something when he joined them. And then Mother's Milk was released in 1989. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, he's from 1970. So, yeah, he was like, he wasn't even 20 years old. Right. Yeah, because Anthony Kiedis is yeah. eight years older than him. And same goes for Flea and Chad Smith. They're all from 62. Okay. No, wait. Chad Smith is 61, I think. Right. And then... So yeah, they're all like eight, nine years older. Um, I think Frusciante was a fan of the band initially and just watched them play. Um, and then when Hillel Slovak overdosed and uh, passed away, he, uh, <laughs> I guess he saw an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm not really sure how that happened, but, no. but he really maybe he added to the to the sound and to the mm, yeah the music of the Relojudi couple. Yeah, I. I'm not a good enough musician to know just how important it is, um, but like that connection, you hear musicians talk about it all the time, like the connections with the people they play with, and yeah. like Flea and Chad Smith, yeah, they have a great connection, at least in their words, and they also seem to love playing with John Frusciante as well. Yeah, uh, and it seemed like Dave Navarro never really fit into the band in the same way. No, I don't, I don't think so either. And then also for the because after Stadium Arcadium, John Frusciante left the band again, right? And then um, uh, this other guy is Josh Klinghoffer, mm-hmm. who was all—he was already playing with the Red Hot Chili Peppers when John Frusciante was also with them. But he was more like on the background playing, playing some uh, rhythm guitar or something. You can see him playing in some videos, but he's—he's he's never on stage. But you, you can see him behind there, you know, when they were doing concerts. They—they uh, they also produced two albums with him, and I don't know. I just don't really like them that much. No, there's a couple good songs on. Is it One Hot Minute? Is that the one with the fly on it? Uh, uh, no, no, no. That's. Uh, oh I'm yeah, sorry. We, we talked about it. Uh, that's the with the fly. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's a few good songs on that. Like I like Brendan's death mm-hmm. song, but it doesn't sound like a very Red Hot Chili Peppers. And no, there's a few it's... more traditional ones that just I don't know somehow miss the the spark or the magic. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I never listened to that. Was it the 2016 album? Yeah, The Getaway, I think it's yeah. called. Oh, I listened to that one as well. I think I prefer that one over I'm With You, but yeah, I don't know. But Josh Klinghoffer is a really cool artist as well. Josh Klinghoffer and John Frusciante also made some uh, music together, just the two of them. Okay. Well, I've only listened to one of John Frusciante's um, solo projects. Yeah, well... <laughs> You really, you have to really like that because some of the music is a bit out there, out there. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take, he, what I like about him is he, like, if you hear a song by him, you can sort of tell, oh, that's John Frusciante. Yeah. Like, he has a very unique sound, I think. Um, yeah, he does. And I think what I like about his music is that he's always trying to, well, he's always developing and always, I, I feel like he always uh, experience experiments with music in a in a way like he tries new things and he just makes music uh the way he li- he likes to make it not really focused on maybe an audience yeah so but he, he's back so he is back isn't he yeah, i guess they had you another album out the getaway came out in 2016 so yeah well let's see what happens so do you have a, a favorite track from the album no i think they're like they're also good. <laughs> it's a cop out. Yeah. Well, uh, I do really like um, Funky Monks. I had that one as uh, like <laughs> I remember I had a flip phone. I had 
the first first part of Funky Monk. I had that as my ringtone. <laughs> okay, I can see that. It's a uh, ringtone. But yeah, I think Give It Away is really cool. Suck My Kiss. They're great. Under the Bridge is obviously the most famous one. Yeah, I mean, that's the one that made them famous as well, wasn't it? Really broke them into the mainstream. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what this album did in general for them. Yeah. I, For me, I really like um, I Could Have Lied. Yeah. Sometimes it feels a little bit out of place in the album because the rest of it's, I don't know, more up-tempo um, yeah. and a lot more energy. And it seems a lot more vulnerable than the rest of the songs. I know Under the Bridge was written about mm-hmm. something that, is it written about Anthony Kiedis coming back into the city after he'd been out to his mum's after after rehab or an overdose or something like that? So I think that yeah. was about something quite personal and vulnerable, but I could have lied, mm-hmm. even though I have no idea what that song's about. It just seems a lot more vulnerable. Maybe it's just because it's yeah. a slower, softer song. Yeah, true. Because um, a lot of the the songs are just about sex, really. And this one, yeah. It was yeah, like, it's like he, he regrets... Um, yeah, he regrets not having lied about something uh, to a girl. Yeah, if I think about it, to me, I, I normally hear that song as like someone li- saying, oh, I should have lied about cheating on you. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if that's really the message they're going for or not. No, yeah, maybe it's more like a little white lie. Maybe it is, I don't know. I mean, any good song, or particularly the lyrics, should be yeah. more or less open to interpretation, right? You can fill them with whatever you want. Yeah, true. Um, so I'm not sure what that, that's saying about myself, but... Um... Yeah. Well, yeah, for me, when I first listened to this album, I was, I think I was like 14 or 13. I didn't really understand what it was about anyway, especially because my English back then wasn't so good. I didn't so think good. of that. What's it like listening to a, an album that... Yeah, I don't know. It's more about the, you know, it's maybe for you when you listen to a Spanish song or something. It's like the feeling or the kind of uh, vibes that are expressed on, in a song. So when you, so this is a very strong album, I feel like, because you can really hear the emotions. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> one of the reviews about it was that the song, the, the whole album is clearly just about sex to the point where the most purest nun would know that this album is about sex. I'm not well, sure if you got that as a 14-year-old. Not really. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Suck My Kiss, for example. or Of, of course, I mean, it's called Blood Sugar Sex Magic. So. It's like a sexy. I like that song as well, by the way. That's a brilliant song. But Breaking the Girl, by the way, you said I Could Have Lied is, stands, stands out a little bit, but I think Breaking the Girl yeah, is also point, actually. a kind of vulnerable sound. I think what really stands out of this is their red heart. <laughs> was it Anthony Kiss was either talking about um, either their red heart or the greeting song? I can't remember which one, but it was the first one that they sort of licensed for a big company to use in a commercial. And yeah. he felt real shit about it because it felt like he'd sold out at that point. I'm sure he doesn't regret selling out now. I think they've gone through that. Was it in 2009 at the Super Bowl where they like pre-recorded a show? Yeah. Um, that turned out to be a big controversy. I can see their point of view, like uh, the NFL refuse to do live performances because of technical difficulties of setting up a stage at half time. I I was on this podcast going to have a segment where people try and convince me why their album is great, but unfortunately you don't have to do that. Okay. I I really like this album. Yeah. What do you think of of the covers, Uh, the Castles Made of Sand? Do you like that one? All right, so we're talking about the deluxe version now, are we? Uh, Yeah, probably. Um, I they did a cover a, of 
Yeah, I don't think there was a release on the original version, but it is on the version on Spotify, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's on there. Yeah. Yeah, um, big Jimi Hendrix fan. John Frusciante has talked yeah. a lot about Jimi Hendrix. I think most guitarists see him as sort of a role model or an idol. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they put a lot of effort into getting the sound and the feel of the song in there. Yeah, I always liked that song. I mean, it's an amazing Hendrix song. I didn't even know it was his song when I was listening. I didn't know Jimi Hendrix before I knew the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So. Right. <laughs> nah, but it's, uh, I don't know. I like this rendition. Because on um, Mother's Milk, they have cover as well yeah uh, higher ground yeah that one is they played that when they were indicted in the hall of fame is that how you say it inducted Rock and, inducted yeah <laughs> Rock and Roll hall of fame <laughs> yes also castles made a sand on there on spotify Crosstown traffic as well that's also a jimmy hendrix song i think yeah it would have been a great band to see yeah probably still a great band i think they still have a lot of energy but yeah in the well, early 90s i saw them live maybe three years ago Okay. Uh, Where is? Yeah, you know, I feel like Anthony Kiedis' life has kind of. I mean, he he has a lot of energy, but it's just not so. His his voice isn't as good as it once was to me. Yeah, life at least. Maybe he has his days. I don't know. I respect that yeah. they're still doing it that way, though, right? Because the alternative is just to lip sync it, and I think that's way worse. Yeah, true. And they've been around for almost forty years now. So yeah, when they formed like eighty-two or something. Yeah, eighty-three, I think. Yeah. And did you know that Blood Sugar Sex Magic was released on the exact same date Nirvana's Nevermind was released? No, I didn't. So yeah. I guess this is a good chance to talk about why I started doing this podcast, or well, one of the mm. reasons why I started doing this podcast, and that's because James A. Kester believes who's a sorry a British comedian. Um, yeah. For people who don't yeah. know, um, he re- he is convinced that 2016 is the greatest year of music of all time. 2016? Yeah. And then, so, he said, I might be wrong. However, I've listened to 500 albums from 2016. If you've listened to 500 albums from another year, I'll talk to you. If you haven't... 500? Yeah. Jesus Christ. If you haven't listened to 500 albums from a year, I'm not willing to talk to you. And it's like, well, I can kind of see your point, because you have a lot of data on this. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So... I, now that we're all working from home with um, uh, coronavirus, well, not mm-hmm. because we have coronavirus, you know what I'm saying, I decided to try and listen to as many albums as possible because it became really easy to do. And so I started logging all the albums in a spreadsheet with the idea of trying to find out which is the best uh, year of music. Because yeah. I think anyone can say, like, yeah, 2009 is the best year of music. I've only bought music from 2009, therefore it must be the best <laughs> year of music. Whereas yeah. what I'm doing, I have literally not a very tight methodology but there is a methodology where i have albums from different years and so going into it the reason this is how i'm going to connect it um i my hypothesis was that 1991 was the best year of music there you go there's but, two great albums then yeah because you have those two into sandman eh, not into sandman the black album came out in the same year metallica's big album yeah but then i was like oh hang on what other big albums came out in that year and i really didn't know Ten. <laughs> yeah Probably. Yeah. yeah, that was the next one. Because um, Rage Against Machines, Rage Against Machine came out in 92, I think, not 91. They were too late, losers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then I, I also wonder if, because 1991, I think, is seen as a point where music changes quite a lot. Like you had the big hair metal of the late yeah. 80s, particularly Nevermind. Um, yeah. Changed that. And then you had the, the grunge mm-hmm. scene and then Britpop a bit later. Um, yeah but so that's why 
I went into it thinking like, yeah, this is probably going to be the best year of music because it's so pivotal and you have these really big albums. Yeah, I've also heard that because of Nevermind, it kind of opened up, yeah, I guess, opportunity for other bands with a different sound from what was, I guess, normal before or what was most like before to kind of uh, more attention or more yeah, more people start listening to, to that type of music. So I, I've heard that maybe that's also one of the reasons why Blood Sugar Sex Magic was so, so uh, well received, even though they were uh, released on the same date. But so, because at this point I'm at 268 albums. Oh wow! <laughs> um, because the first album I've listened to is from '67. I think that's a Jimi Hendrix album. And mm. then I have a, only four albums from this year, but quite a few from last year. But because there's so many years, you know, you spread 260 albums over that, and like, I think the most I've listened to from one year is 17. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure when it becomes like st- statistically significant, right? Because, for example, 1973, I has a perfect 10 out of 10 rating, but I think that's because, yeah, Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon is the only album I've listened to from that year. So that's not really a big enough... Uh... No, but I don't know how many albums I have to get to. <laughs> well, I mean, he's listened to 500 from the year 2016. Yep. So now you've listened to 268 in total of all years. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good on my side, is it? No, if you started at 67, then that's 500 albums per from, from that year on. Yeah. So it's like for 52 years, maybe like 100,000, 10,000. No, wait, uh, I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> no, I can tell. It's essentially 50 years times 500 albums. Uh, 25,000, uh, something yeah. like that. It's a lot of albums. Yeah. Well, so, I, I feel like I'm scraping the bottom. You, if you have enough time. That, I also feel like I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel of albums I know at 268. There's a couple more I know of, but... Yeah, you just have to start listening to... Well, maybe some people will recommend something that you don't know. Yeah, well, so this is a good point to plug that. Send me your recommendations. Um, I'm not sure mm-hmm. how yet. Put them in the comments, something like that. We'll figure that out. Send the recommendations. But anyway, um, so now but, I just want to move on. All right, sorry. Yeah, I was just wondering for this for your kind of quest, is this something you want to find the, the best year of music objectively, or do you think that music is always a subjective? Uh, I experience? am of the opinion that it's very subjective. I proved this to myself as well, accidentally, um, mm. because I, what did I do? I'd listened to, one day I was, after lunch I was like, oh, I need to put on an album. So I ended up putting on Siamese Dream, um, the Smashing Pumpkins album. And I, mm. for some reason I had to sit in the room with the speakers rather than you know, normally I sit in my bedroom so I have to turn the speakers up a little bit but, so I don't hear it quite as well this afternoon I was um, sitting right by the speakers and I was like oh this album is amazing I just remember like tapping on the table head banging along just thinking oh this is phenomenal and then I was like oh I better put this in the spreadsheet when it was done and I was going to give yeah. it a 9 and only to discover that I'd already listened to it and only given it a 6 oh. <laughs> yeah so that's really based on Maybe your state of mind or yep. yeah, um, where so, you're at, what you're doing. So that's why I say when I have a methodology, the methodology is more just me like listening to an yeah. album and then yeah. So what's so you're looking for the best year of music of all time for you? In, yeah, in a certain state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you have 500 albums, then you've captured enough moods. Yeah, I guess yeah. And so the average would be either yeah, you should like. You should also put into your spreadsheet how you were feeling that time you were listening to it. <laughs> yeah, so I thought of that too, but then 
I mean, this project is really has a little element of OCDness to it, but probably yeah. both feelings and emotions into a spreadsheet. It is just nah, a bit too far. It's a bit, it's a bit much, isn't it? Well, I certainly think it is. Well, that's cool though. I'm curious uh, how it will go. So now I want to move on. Yeah. The album I sent you was Zipper Down the, by the Eagles of the Death Metal. Yeah. Why, why did you uh, Why did you pick that one? For a few reasons. One, it's one of my favorite albums because it's such a fun album. They take the music very seriously, but there's no like real complex issues in there. It's just about having fun, listening to rock and roll, yeah, and that kind of stuff. And then like you feel it in the music, like none of it's slow tempo. It's all pretty breakneck pace. Yeah, and there's jokes in there. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's just a real fun album, and that's yeah. And I also thought, yes, you and I haven't talked about music too much, so I was like, oh, I don't think Hugo will have heard them, um, the Eagles of the Death Metal eagles of death metal before so it was kind of like no. oh, i think this is a little bit outside of what hugo usually listens to yeah i'll give this to him and then on the podcast if this is where we're going to go with it i'll try and convince him why it's a good album if he doesn't yeah. like it well you you were right about that because uh for <laughs> when you said that i was like what i i recognize the name because of the the paris attacks i always I always thought uh, Eagles of Death Metal. That must be Death Metal, so I'm not listening to it because it's, I don't like that. So that, so I was like, "Well, are you joking?" Do you? <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, then I I listened to it. Yeah, really rock and roll. Sounds like a couple of guys that play in their garage or something. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I love about it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's cool. It's not. Yeah, you're also right in saying that it's not really something I usually listen to that much. But it's, yeah, it's a fun album. Yes. It's just, yeah. So I don't know. I'm curious why you think it's it's great. Yeah, I, I imagine there's a bit of like emotion tied up into it. But um, yeah. like for me, um, the, the first song on the album, Complexity, sums up the whole album for me because the, the, the lyrics are just about how life is easier when it's simple. Yeah. I'm not a good enough musician to tell you if it's a simple album from like a music point of view. Um, but it sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they're not like eight-minute or nine-minute-long prog, uh, prog rock songs <laughs> with extended no. guitar solos and stuff like that. They're quite driving beats. Then, in the same way that Blood, Se- Blood Sugar Sex Magic... Blood Sex Sugar Magic? Oh, fuck it. No, you, you were right the first time. Um, has... No. Sorry, I meant Mother's Milk anyway, so that's embarrassing. Um, uh, has higher ground on it, the cover. This album also has a cover on it which is Save, Save a Prayer. Prayer yeah, yeah. the Duran like, Duran song yeah. I like that their cover is great I really like that song anyway I also didn't know it was a um, cover mm. so the first time I listened to it I was like ah oh, it's just another Eagles is a Death Metal song oh so that yeah and then for some reason I was looking I don't know what I was doing but I, I came across the fact that it was a Duran Duran cover I listened to the Duran Duran version I was like nah it's not for me oh really oh I like the Duran Duran version yeah so, so that song for me particularly has a lot of meaning this is a bit of a weird one this goes back to like a couple of years now 2018 mm-hmm. before yeah. i left to study in the netherlands i was seeing this girl and she didn't speak she was brazilian and didn't speak very much english and i don't speak much english as you can tell um <laughs> so but anyway i gone around to her place and there was yeah. another couple i knew i think back from high school and the four of us were drinking together and then some other friends came around and stuff like that and we me and the brazilian girl sort of snuck off yeah um and then like it just turned out like one of those sort of perfect nights you know like everything was just um like, lining up yeah exactly yeah. but 
because she didn't really speak English, like we never really talked about really deep subjects. We only just, you know, made small yeah. jokes. And, and you didn't speak Portuguese, uh, James. Yeah, well, fucking, exactly. uh, English speaking people out there, you know, it's not always about <laughs> people not speaking English. It's also about you not speaking their language. 100%. However, I would say almost in New Zealand. Well, and she'd you know, specifically come to New Zealand to learn English. Okay, well. Sorry, I feel like I get a pass right. on this one. Uh, okay, for now, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, we had an amazing night together. And then in the morning, she told me that. Uh, she was leaving Wellington and that this was the last chance we'd actually get to see each other. Oh. And so a few of the things from the night sort of clicked in place. And then I was, I was a bit sad, of course. Um, yeah. But I was like, I knew I was leaving the country uh, to come study in the Netherlands. So I was like, well, I knew this was coming at some point. Yeah. Now it's just now. Mm-hmm. And so as I was walking home, this was the album I chose to listen to. And the lyrics from Save a Prayer just made a, they just fit very nicely yeah um, but then when I was thinking about this the whole album sort of made sense for that whole interaction and that mm. it was just easier because it wasn't a complex interaction yeah it was just fun ah okay yeah that's pretty cool poetic so, uh, yeah. so do you think that really adds also to your that you feel like this is a really good album that oh, you yeah. have this memory yeah definitely and th- this is why I also think that it's yeah. um it's impossible to objectively judge music. I think it's yeah. subjective. It's funny. I I, uh, I I think I have kind of the same thing that sometimes I've been listening to uh, a couple of albums or some artists a lot in during a, a specific period. And then when I don't listen to them for a while and like a year later, I, I listen to one of those songs again. I'm always reminded of what I was doing the last time I was listening to this. I was like, oh, hey, I was in... Blah, 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 doing this uh, when I was listening to this guy or something. Yeah, it's weird how it does that, isn't it? Yeah. It really like pulls you back. Yeah, and it kind of lets you re-experience the feelings and the, the things that were going on back then. I guess that's also why you shouldn't listen to great music when you're feeling really low because then if you <laughs> listen back to it, then you're always like, oh, no. And also, so one thing, I, this goes back to high school, actually. Um, like the, the first school ever... We just dated seriously. It turned out we had a lot of music that we liked in common. And then so we shared a lot of music with each other. But then we broke up and I was like, oh, I can't listen to that music anymore. And it was like, all my favorite music. <laughs> because it just reminded me of these, it was genuinely just a summer or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, you know, when you're 17 as well. But then, because for me, the album is also really interesting around that Better Clan shooting. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to talk too much about the reasons behind the shooting or anything like that. But... Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's a different podcast. You can talk to Conrad if you want that. Nah. Um, but, so I watched the documentary that the Eagles of Death Metal have on Netflix. Oh, they have a documentary about this. Yeah, so it's, it's called, uh, it's French, so I'm going to butcher the name, but like, not a me, which means like, we're friends or something similar. Well, Our friends. I can't spell. Not. N-O-S. Oh, yeah. A-M-I-S. Okay, yeah. I guess it's our friends. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so the album sort of is... No, sorry, not the album. The documentary is shot after the shooting. They're back in the United States. But then before they played another gig in Paris, because they played another gig in Paris quite quickly afterwards. Oh, okay. Like, I think it was a few months just, you know, to get particularly the people who were in the, the Bata clan at the yeah. time with them and share, you know, show some support. Mm-hmm. For them because absolutely horrific event and yeah but it's the guy 
Jesse Hughes. So the band is Jesse Hughes and who's the other guy? Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age. But yeah, the documentary, he wasn't there, was he? No. The documentary more focuses on Jesse Hughes and like it builds it up. Like he was always kind of a misfit and he sort of found his in with rock and roll. Um, yeah. And then he just took on this persona of Boots Electric. And he, the way he talks about music, he just loves rock and roll and he loves everything that rock and roll stands for, which is having fun, having a lot of sex, having a lot of drinks, <laughs> and having a lot of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and just not really caring about the consequences. Life is fun and mm-hmm. make the most of it, which yeah. n- not a bad attitude, if I'm honest with you. Um, no, not really. And then the, sh- the shooting happens and it just took all that away from him. All of a sudden, music wasn't uh, this escape anymore. It wasn't this thing that he could do to have fun. So he, and it was like really painful to watch. And the, the documentary's done really well. And I admire his ability to speak quite openly about it. Um, yeah. So when it was so fresh as well. That's really uh, terrible. Yeah, very traumatic. Yeah. And then the whole sort of that song, again, complexity sort of sums it up as well. Like life was just sort yeah. of easier <laughs> without all this bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, like in retrospect, uh, the album, the, ca- the album kind of captures a lot of things. Then I guess it's hard for me to explain why the, mu- the album is great from like a musical point of view. I just like yeah, the well, driving guitars yeah. um, and the drums. I like the I lyrics. Do. Some of them crack me up. Yeah. <laughs> I do really like the second song, Silver Lake. I yeah. felt like it was a bit, uh, a bit punk, punky. Yeah. In a way. No, it's a fun album. I don't have the same connotations you do with it, so I feel like I probably won't listen to it much more. But <laughs> so no, but you know, it, I I liked listening to it. It wasn't tough to get through. <laughs> it wasn't tough to get through. No, no, no. Okay. No, I like. But it's just not really the kind of sound I I like to listen to that much. Yeah. So one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is send music to people that's a little bit challenging to them, mm-hmm. but in the sense like there's no point I, at least I don't think me sending you actual death metal because you just won't enjoy it yeah true um, so you, you try to find something that's maybe just uh, outside of there challenging but has a way in and I think well, this album very much has a way in like it's an easy listen it's quite poppy even there's quite a few hooks in it a mm-hmm. lot of melodies but yeah it's just something I don't think you'd listen to normally no yeah so that was a really good uh, good pick Ooh, so I should have done that for you. Yeah, I didn't see any... I, I, I guess I don't want to tell people too much about it because I just want them to send albums that they really yeah. like and talk about them. I think that's yeah. more interesting. Okay. Because well, I won't tell you a little secret then, but people will hear it when they listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> well, that's a good point, eh? <laughs> All right, if you're listening, stop right now. Stop. <laughs> I'll just have to go back and edit this. Yeah, you have to edit it. Just bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair... It might not even make the, the final edit. I guess I don't have too much else I really want to say. Mm. I just I just had one thought a bit earlier when we were talking, uh, because we were talking about Spotify, and we were talking about the best year of music, and then the guy said 2016, and you, you're saying 1991 maybe for you. And then I thought, do you think um, yeah, things like Spotify, do they enable lots and lots of people to make really great music um, because it's easy to get on Spotify and to get people to listen to your music or do you think um, it also kind of kind of narrows your own musical intake in a way because you're not really you, you don't have to go out to a music store and go through all these different types of music because it's always the same type of music that's recommended to you for example and this playlist that 
click with the sounds you're already listening to. It's weird because I think, I mean, clearly it makes music more accessible. Basically all music ever created at your fingertips. Yeah. But I've found when I've been trying to find new albums to listen to for the spreadsheet, you know, you click on fans also like, but if you're on something like the Foo Fighters, you only yeah. have with bands very similar to the Foo Fighters. And so it's hard to get into the bushes, into mm-hmm. the music you haven't heard very often. Um, yeah. And then if you find one album that you really like, then you can find a lot of albums around it. Um, yeah. So, for example, I've been listening to a lot of New Zealand music, which doesn't get a lot of plays outside of New Zealand. Yeah. But it means when I click fans also like, I just get a wall of other New Zealand music, which is very simple. Yeah. And that's quite nice. That is nice, yeah. But I, I feel like sometimes also with YouTube, for example, you kind of get pulled into this tunnel and it's difficult to get out of it. Because they just show you what you've already seen, but just a bit different. I think Bandcamp is a better one for it. Um, mm. So I've only just signed up to that. I found the yeah. most eclectic album. Eclectic? Yeah. Eccentric? I'm not sure. The the most obscure, that's a good word for it, album okay. so far, which is a Burmese punk band. Yeah. Um, what's the band called? It's got a, it's got a real English Don't ask me. I side, don't like side Effect or something like that side effect yeah something like this oh. I, I should really plug the album right now because it's it sounds like it could have just come out of the uk in the mid 2000s however they're just singing burmese rather than english but with Bandcamp, like you can say that you like these kind of you, you say which genres you like and then and then they yeah they send out essentially a newsletter i, th- I think it's every week saying this mm-hmm. is new music that's coming out um, oh, that's cool. that you may like because you said you like these genres yeah and i think that's a better way of discovering music but i think it's a bit more of a um mm-hmm. like you have to be a lot more involved in the process so you have to engage a bit more yeah do you so do you think in general like spotify and i guess uh just i guess the internet in general that it's just so easy to get to all the music you want do you think it's a good good for the quality of the music or um i guess it depends if you think music is getting better or worse yeah, but because you're lo- you're looking for the best album, mm-hmm. the best year for music, so and I've listened to gonna... a lot of albums from last year. Well, about you... seventeen or something. Okay, so how 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 are they doing in your uh, oh, two two out of ten? <laughs> no, I think it's an average rating of like seven point six. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, well, I think you're thinking with your Dutch brain. Oh. In the the Dutch academic yeah. grading system, seven is excellent. Uh, okay, so it's not great then. Because I, I, I'm giving out 10s quite often. Okay, well, be a bit... Uh, come on, a 10 is uh, an amazing achievement. If it's a 10, it should be like the best thing you've heard years. Yeah, I mm. agree. But then I also wonder, am I giving out so many 10s because I have a selection bias and that I'm, I've only really given out 10s to albums that I've listened to before? I think there's... I think well... confirms that it's very subjective. Well, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. To be biased in your own rating system, it's not like. Uh, oh yeah, this is my spreadsheet. No one can tell me I'm yeah. doing it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Uh, because yeah, you always hear people saying, "Oh, this type of genre is dead," or "Oh, this is this is not doing well." Or, blah, blah. Just because the popular music they, that's that's on the radio right now is not something they like. Yeah. They say. Yeah. So one of the guests I'm going to have on uh, soon. I'm not going to say who because they'll give away what album I sent to them. Maybe. Um, yeah. Is very much of the opinion that rock and roll is dead. He's, he's also someone who doesn't listen to any new music whatsoever. He doesn't listen to any other music or any, any music. new music. 
he's very okay. set in his ways um, mm. and it takes a lot to convince him. I can't say that because it'll give it away when we're in high school together um, it's not someone I know uh, no it's not um, when we were in high school together he was he was very reluctant to start listening to Led Zeppelin and yeah. there's a few of us who were like oh Led Zeppelin are cool man you should listen to some other albums like, nah man yeah. not a big fan don't like it I've listened to it before yeah. um, and then his next one neighbor who it was a pretty yeah. cool dude um, must have just said like oh yeah I like Led Zeppelin next thing we know he's all about Led Zeppelin so maybe he just likes what that guy likes yeah so L- it, looking up to the neighbor alright if this person's going to listen to this um, podcast he, he knows exactly who I'm talking about <laughs> he knows exactly who he is and I'm going to convince them that rock and roll is definitely not dead I'm curious who it is I hope it's the famous RJR nah it's not so, oh, okay well then I'm not going to listen to it so. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've been talking for a while um, yeah. I would like to wrap it up and I can hear you yawning um, yeah sorry nah I'm good I want to give you the opportunity to recommend an album I uh, recommend to. an album that people should listen to. Uh, all right. Well, there was one more album I was uh, thinking of sending you. That was uh, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. I, I, uh, I just found, I just thought it was maybe a bit too heavy to talk about in a podcast for, for me personally. Like, I feel like I don't really, I wouldn't really know what to say about it. But uh, it's a really great album. And uh, Yeah, I, I listened to it a second time um, and now I like it even more i think yeah. the more i listen to it the more i'm going to enjoy it it's definitely a 10 out of 10 for me that one is just uh, amazing i've eventually gave damn a 10 out of 10 um because i've mm. listened to it so much um and i think yeah. pimple butterfly will probably end up there yeah. unfortunately the spreadsheet is based off first impressions uh <laughs> yeah well i mean fair enough the first impression is is just it's not the easiest album to listen to but very dense very yeah, very thing. dense. That's why I also thought like, ah, I don't want to talk about something that's so dense because, I, yeah, particularly given the current climate. Yeah, exactly. Well, just uh, anyone who's listening, uh, just uh, give that one a listen if you haven't already. Yep. Um, and so I'm just going to recommend an album as well because why not? It's my mm-hmm. podcast. I can do what I want. <laughs> um so in the opposite end of the spectrum from nice easy short it's a very short album easels it's death metal zip it down i'm going to recommend fear inoculum by tool which is a very long album some of the what fear inoculum fear inoculum oh jesus christ i think the the longest <laughs> song comes in at 15 minutes uh, fear and no fear inoculum is in like inoculation well, you know, I don't know what that means. So. <laughs> I don't really know what inoculum means either, actually. Um, but it's a great album, super long, super dense, um, gets very weird in some places. But um, Very uh, long songs, I see. Oh, yeah. I think there's only like nine songs and it clocks in at like an hour and a half or something like this. And the artist is Tool. Yep. Is it? I've never heard of them. You've not heard of Tool? No. Oh. Yeah. Well, you should listen to it. It's definitely more heavy metal, though. No screaming, which I, I'm not a big fan of screaming. Um, mm. But yeah, that was their long, long-awaited return to music after what, 13 or 14 years not releasing an album. Um, they released it last year. Okay. I think it went down quite well. I love that album. Yeah. But I only gave it a nine. 
Uh, only a nine, so bad. Fucking okay. losers. So don't listen to it if it's a nine. <laughs> <laughs> I gave Zipper down a nine as well. I did give Blood Sugar Sex Magic a ten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? You should be a bit more. Uh... Yeah, ten tens should be very scarce or something. You should only have five tens per five hundred albums, maybe. Yeah, but I think this is a selection bias, and that you know, I'm not going to listen to because yeah, the stuff okay. that makes it into the mainstream must be like point zero 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 one percent of all music that's ever made, yeah. and I can't even listen to all of that. Start listening to the new releases. Uh, and then you you you'll never have heard it before, and uh, maybe yeah. But yeah. then if I do that, I'll only have data from twenty twenty, and then next year twenty twenty one. So I'll never be able to go back and say that nineteen sixty eight was the greatest music, greatest year of music. It will only be yeah. a year from now onwards. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right, well, um, thanks for joining me today. Um, it's been yeah, great. thanks for having me chatting about music and um that's not something we've actually done too much of before so i, I enjoyed this conversation a lot yeah me too all right um cheers man cheers